This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 31, Fruit of the Spirit, Faithfulness. You can find the transcript for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash faithfulness. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. CSB. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. Today we are talking about the fruit of the spirit once again, and I have a guest with me. I have my grandfather. Um, This is another special episode because it's family. And also, um, my grandfather is also a minister. Apparently, I just have a lot of ministers in my family, (laughs) which aids to being able to have a podcast. So, um... Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I just pray that you're doing well yourself. And she talked with my granddaughter about things of this value and this everlasting type of thing that's going to mean something to us. It's just a pleasure for me. Well, thank you for coming. I, I felt like faith is one of those things that you have to really grow into. And so I felt like in order to talk about faith, you need somebody who has wisdom, somebody who's seen a lot and heard a lot. And so it just made sense that you would be the perfect person to call to talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness is, is such of a personal thing. And so as I did a little reading in Romans and whatnot, try to get myself prepared for this conversation, I think it'd be better for me to rely on experience and and my personal belief system than try to read something from a book or get something from another person. Faith is like anything else. It's it's personal to us. It's meaningful to us. It's really hard to explain, Cherie. It really is. It, it definitely is. I remember when I was in, I think I was in high school, um, one of my teachers asked me something. It was something simple, like, what is your favorite color? And I answered, and she was asking me why. And I was like, I don't know. It just, it just is. And I feel like faith is kind of that way, too. Like, once you have faith and you know that you know, God is there and you know that he's going to provide for you. Sometimes when people are asking you, like, why do you have faith? You're like, I just do. I just know. And there's there's no concrete thing that you can really, like, verbalize. I agree wholeheartedly with you. And as I approach the big 8-0 in reading and studying and seminary and ministering to others, it's just 
hard to explain. I've said that again, and I don't want to keep repeating that, but I don't want <laughs> my people to understand that you can't build your life on what I say or what you say. You're going to have to take regard to what we say and use it as a stone for, as a stepping stone for you to learn what faith means to you. Yeah. I, I started off preparing for this episode by looking up the definition of faith. And so so I actually have uh, three different definitions. Um, So for my listeners, you guys know that I am kind of obsessed with looking up the original words from the Bible and then also looking up our English words just to see how they slightly differ in translation. Um, And so I looked up the Hebrew word that that's translated to faith in the Old Testament. I don't really know how to pronounce this. I think it's emunah. I I could be completely wrong about that, but I'll link the actual word in the... It's close. It, it's close. Yeah, I, I'll link it in the show notes on the website. But that's the Hebrew version of it. And it actually means firmness, fidelity, steadfastness, and steadiness, which is interesting because I don't think maybe fidelity but other than that i don't really know that i would have used these words to uh describe faith but i guess it kind of lends towards the concept of stability um and faith is kind of a stabilizing effect or a stabilizing belief it is a very stabilizing uh concept because what i want us to do is right now just reverse it God has faith in us. He made us. He made each one of us with our own uniqueness. And the beautiful part of our uniqueness, we must understand as we were born by ourselves, we must understand things by ourselves. Now, he promised us eternal life. He promised us that if we were born again, that we'd be his. Now, the faith is, I believe that, now, turn it around, can he believe what I say with the same strength and fortitude that I have? Tori hmm. talks too much now. No, that's, <laughs> I get that's, all worked up about it. And that's a good question. I think that's, I think that's really the part that we have to work on because we can trust him, but uh, eh, him trusting us is a whole nother, it's a whole nother can of worms right there. Uh, it's very similar to, uh, I'm just thinking about a lot of things about how beautiful you have grown and how you mentally think about things so deeply and make me think about things. Remember when I tried to teach you music, me and mother, uh, and we could teach you the notes and the concepts and the counting and all that stuff, but the real part of music is something you have to witness. And that's why you could sing a song, I could sing a song, and many members of the audience could sing a song. But the uniqueness of how we sing it defines us. The uniqueness of how we believe defines the person. And will bring about that faithfulness that you must live up to what you believe and to whom you believe. I like, I like that um, metaphor for the music. I didn't think about it like that, but I like that. 
It's Cherie, I can teach you the concepts, but I can't teach yeah, you, you can't. music. You've got to get that for your own self. Yeah, like you can't play it for the person. Right. And as a music teacher, I can distinguish between my students just by hearing them play. Yeah. There's a certain uniqueness about the way you sing. Yeah. And especially, like, I mean, there are nuances on the piano, but I definitely know, like, when I started playing the oboe, because you're physically blowing air into the instrument, just, like, everything changes. The tone, the sound, the pitch the volume, and all of that comes from how you feel about the music. So you, can, everyone in the band can be playing the same notes, but it just sounds completely different. And that is very, I like it, the way you uh, made the analogy too. Um, we must have the same thing. When he calls us, and I'm getting close to the time when he will be calling me, to himself, that I'll carry the same belief system that I have grown to learn and to love and to cherish. It'll be me coming to him, not anyone else, not anyone out of the audience that we're speaking to, but it will be the uniqueness of me, and he has a certain uniqueness about you. Faith, do you believe in him? Do you believe that he will do what he has said, promised us? Do you believe that he has the capabilities of giving us eternal life? Do you know how long eternity is? That is it's longer a long than time. We can, yeah, it's longer than we can fathom. Can't even think of it. I mean, I shudder as I get older to think about that, yeah. too. How long is eternity? And he's promised that to us. Yet I, as one of the many individuals running around on this earth, I believe that. That is faith. Yeah. Now, I wish that some of you could tell me even a little better what it means to you. Yeah. But I, I, I will admonish you one thing, though. You must learn it if you expect to spend eternity with him yeah I um so as I was looking through the definitions of course I went to the biblical text and you know I have my own preconceived notions about what faith means to me but I wanted to look at what the bible described as faith and I was really shocked because I know a lot of times people refer to the love chapter and I referenced that when I did the fruit of the spirit episode on love and people can always say the love chapter first Corinthians 13 and they have that memorized almost by heart but I found Hebrews 11 it's really the same thing but for faith and I don't really see people memorizing this chapter quite as much maybe the first the introduction to it about, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. But I went through and I read that chapter and it gives examples of all of these people in the Bible demonstrating faith in their time. And we'll touch on some of them. I'll, I'll put them all on the actual website. But I wanted to talk about these individuals, like what they did and kind of 
how that translates into a more modern situation, like how we see that today. I'm sometimes reluctant to even speak now because my concepts of things are so different than when I was coming along many, many moons ago. <laughs> but of course, uh, faith is a, is, a, is a feeling, an emotion, or a standing that is steadfast. And I think I heard you mention that a little bit earlier. Yeah. It, it, it's there. Regardless of what um, comes or goes or what happens or doesn't happen, it's right there for us to understand and believe in and pattern after. Yeah, I think, uh, um, so you mentioned it being a feeling. One of the questions that I've um, been bringing up for pretty much every episode is the concept of feeling versus action. So like... Um, you know, faith, I do think it is a feeling, but I also think it's an action in that we, when we feel faith, we feel confident that God will say that he's going to do whatever he said he would do, that we act on that faith. Or that when we, when we want to show our faithfulness to God, then we will act in faith, if that makes any sense. So it's, it's a feeling, but it's accompanied with an actual action. What else do we have to live on? What else? What is the alternative to what you're saying? You're using the word concept uh, interchangeably, and uh, but what else do we have to offer? If you don't have that concept, what are we, what are we to believe? Yeah. You, you you make a lot of sense. I enjoy talking to you about these because you make me think even though I have the years and maturity than you, you are still in the capacity with your young mind that is so, uh, uh, it, it, it manipulates and everything else. It's just, uh, it's just something to behold. <laughs> well, one of the um so one of the examples that uh is given in Hebrews 11 is Abel yes. it's Abel offering his sacrifice by faith. And so this is a reference obviously to Genesis when Cain and Abel are bringing their sacrifices to God. Um, Abel brings like the best of his herd. He brings, you know, yes. the unblemished, and it's livestock and birds yeah. and everything else. And it's because he has faith, and that he does this. Whereas Cain just kind of brings something. Like he's just kind of half-heartedly like, "Here, I'm gonna give this," and so God rejects Cain's sacrifice and accepts Abel's sacrifice. And I think. You know, in a modern society, we don't really think about sacrifice. I mean, PETA would probably lock you up if you went and, like, slit a cow's throat and claimed you were sacrificing it to God. Um, also, we don't need to do that because we have Jesus as our perfect sacrifice. But um, in general, I feel like 
this still has an application to us today because even though we are not necessarily taking lambs to God or, you know, crops from our garden, um, there's a lot of things that we should be giving to God. So, for instance, my blog, Psalms to God, I actually started while I was in grad school. And I did not tell my advisor because I was really afraid that he would get upset that um, I was spending time on something other than school. Um, and so it was a time where time was really important to me. I didn't have a lot of free time, but I wanted to learn more about the word. So I started documenting you know, my journey rereading the Bible. And you know, it was a sacrifice because I had to you know, make the time to get it done. But I think when I did that, I gained so much more in return. Like, in order to build the website for the blog, I had to learn HTML and CSS and JavaScript. And one of the first interviews that I did coming out of grad school, those were all of the questions they asked me. They didn't ask me anything that I learned in school. They, learned me th they asked me things I learned while creating this blog for God. You are explaining so much of what the world is all about in our hope and yearning to know more about God. How so many earthly things come in and interfere with you. You were worried about your professor one mm -hmm. time, but God was guiding you. Given the, the very best of your crops, uh, of your animals, aren't we many times selfish to the point that I should, shouldn't give everything the very best of everything away? I should keep some for myself. Right. Those are, uh, there's so many things that you have said that I could get into, but I don't want to prolong just into one particular concept. The concept basically is the fact you've got to do for yourself. You've got to get to a state where you know what is best for you and you alone. And your relationship with God, your faithfulness to him who made you, who caused you to be able to get the type of education that you've gotten to help you live and breathe daily. You've got to come to grips with yourself and know what faithfulness, to know who to believe in, who to trust. All of that is just around a pole that we are talking about on this podcast. And God bless each one of us that we will find that for ourselves so that we can be at peace with ourselves so that we will know who we want to spend eternity with. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another example listed in Hebrews 11, I think this is one of like, I feel like one of the most epic shows of faith in the Bible is Noah building the ark. So, so you have Noah and, you know, God tells him, I'm going to flood the whole earth. And this is something they've never seen before. I mean, we've seen, you know, like minor flooding. We've seen hurricanes and things like this. 
They had never seen this before. This was absolutely unheard of. And so he starts building a boat. And like when you think about it, this is like somebody in some landlocked country in the middle of nowhere where there's no ocean building a massive boat and herding up these animals and putting them on the boat. People had to have thought he was crazy. It had to have sounded crazy. That's what made me laugh at the beginning of your presentation of this particular <laughs> episode. Yeah. That man is crazy. He's nuts. Right. How, how many of us have been uh, claimed that for things that we do just because we don't join the crowd? We don't run around with them at night. We don't go to a nightclub. We don't smoke this. We don't drink this. And we just called out of our names. Yeah, and that's that, that's why I wanted to bring up Noah because I feel like that's so relevant to today that it takes a lot of faith to follow through with the things that God has told you because they're so different than our society. I think earlier you mentioned how things had changed since you were growing up. And oh, I, yeah. And... <laughs> I feel like even now when I teach the youth at the church, I'm just, I'm befuddled by the things that are happening at their schools and in their classrooms. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I'm old and I'm still, I don't even know what that means. I don't want to know what that means. You know, like, um. <laughs> it just doesn't multiply that. You are my baby, so to speak. I just love you to death and uh, you're still a child to me. But still, you are having the same problem with the ones that are coming along now. Yeah. Where are the parents many times that I ask the question? Aren't they teaching these children anything? Uh, I was even offered a position in school now, but I I'm, I'm, don't want to take it. I don't think, I think I'm out of sync. Oh, it's scary. The things, the things that they're teaching the kids and the things that the kids are picking up and, you know... Things that were considered normal in my day are considered very abnormal today. And so if you're doing things God's way, you're going to look a lot like Noah building an ark in the middle of nowhere. And, and people are going to be laughing at you. Yeah. And it, it takes... Can you take that? It takes a lot of faith to push through that. And, um, you know... I guess skipping ahead a little, there were some other examples. I don't know if I'll come back to them or not, but um, one of the things in thinking about Noah and then thinking about how people treat us when we express faith, um, I came to this thought about fear and faith. I know a lot of people quote, you know, fear is not of God. Like we're not supposed to be fearful or whatever. Um, but I often wonder if you talk about things like bravery, a lot of people will tell you that bravery is not the absence of fear. It's just doing what you need to do in spite of your fears. And I wonder if faith is similar um, because you have, I guess, another example, not just, you know, Noah, you have, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were about to be thrown to their deaths in a fiery mm -hmm. furnace. And, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar is like, bow down to the statue. In 
when you read their response, they don't say like, God is going to save us. We're not going to bow. What they say is our God has the power to deliver us if it is in his will, which is a very different statement. It, it means that they knew they knew that they were doing the right thing. They knew that God could save them, but they did not know if he would save them. And, but they did it anyway. And I feel like there had to be a, a, a tiny bit of fear um, because, you know, we're all hardwired. None of us really want to die. So I feel like there has to be like a, a tiny smidgen um, of fear, you know, that, you, you know, you don't want to die yet. But then there is this overarching faith that you know that even if you do die, it's it's going to be better because you've stuck to what God has told you to do. There's this hymn just ringing in my head as I sit here with you. Great is thy faithfulness. I know you don't want me to sing it for you because <laughs> I wrote a whole podcast, but still, there's a hymn that I did. Is ringing in my head right at the moment, and uh, this fear of God. You know, Sheree, this podcast could go on for two or three years. We're just talking about difference because you're making me think of so much here. The fear of God is something that I think a lot of us don't understand. It doesn't mean for us to go sh- run into a corner and shiver, or we're not going to reach a God, but just. It means respect him. Mm-hmm. It means uh, your faithfulness in him. And it doesn't have anything with the terror element at all. In the, in the fiery furnace, they put three in and they believed so strongly they would not change their mind. Now, which one of us in our listening audience would do that? How many of us would do that? And with their faithfulness, he well, he was in there too. They saw four. Mm-hmm. Well, I, oh my goodness. This makes me think about a lot of things. Yeah. And give thanks to the Lord. Yeah. You have to guide me how long to go because I can go a long time. <laughs> well, yeah, when I thought about that, I kind of, I guess, tried to overlay that on our current society, which there is a lot of... Um, I don't know. I guess the the media, the society, it fans the fumes of being afraid. And with everything that's happening, I feel like we're afraid of each other. We're afraid of our neighbors. We're afraid of the people walking down the street because you never know who's crazy. And so what I've noticed is that when you talk to people, even Christians, people who profess to believe in God, people who, you know, read their Bibles and and pray daily is that there is a fear of doing the right thing because they're afraid that the person is crazy. Like, um, for instance, you know, when I was growing up, it was still the era of hitchhiking, right? So we would be driving. um, I live out in the middle of nowhere, so there are no buses or anything like that. And, you know... (laughs) We would be driving into town and, you know, somebody would be walking and, you know, they would ask for a ride and they just jump in the back of the truck and you take them in to, you know, to downtown and you just drop them off 
you know, right when you got into downtown and they would go do whatever they had to do. And, you know, now you're like that. No, you can't be picking up people. People are crazy. You could die. Like, and if you're walking, you don't want to get in a car with somebody because they could be crazy and they could kill you. And And people have the same kind of apprehension towards, for instance, like homeless people when they're approaching, you know, they don't necessarily want to try to give them any help or to have any conversations with them. We kind of want to stay in our own bubble because we're afraid that these people will do harm to us and in a way it's very logical um i don't think we should be you know just absolutely careless and put ourselves in harm's way but i often wonder what jesus would be doing in these situations would does does faithfulness also include having the faith that if we're doing the right thing that god will protect us in those situations I just appreciate your concept of a podcast and that you're not only talking about it, you're actually doing it. I hope that what we're talking about and your concepts and you put on that will, will serve the present age. My goodness, we have so much turmoil. I hate to turn the TV on now yeah. and find out how many people have been senselessly erased from this earth until um, I pray that somehow or another even though we have a misconnection as far as timing and age and periods we will still let them know that God is for real that you must maintain and establish a firm faithfulness in God in order to serve the present age so keep it up. I encourage you. Anything else that I can do, please just let me know. <laughs> and please, as I petition the audience, those who are listening to this, take it from me, a man, a senior citizen, who is able to just really tell you there is a God. He does want us to be faithful in spite of everything that's going on around us. Let's just keep that feeling up and maintain this atmosphere so that we can spend some time together forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I um Yeah, so I wanted to go back to this concept of it being personal. I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I would have said like, oh yeah, I have faith. I believe this, but it's only like as I've gotten older and, you know, I've had the experiences that I've had that I've really learned. Yeah, that I've really learned to like rely on my faith. And so, you know, now I have more concrete and tangible examples where it's like, oh, I wasn't really sure about this, but I felt like God was telling me to do this. So I did it and I saw him, you know, work his miracles in that situation. Um, And so you also mentioned, you know, seeing yourself change over time. So what has that looked like for you? Can like, can you identify how faith has changed and grown within your life or any like specific things that have grown your faith in life? 
Well, you about ready to open up a new podcast, another one? Because I had no idea that I would be uh, communicating with the present age you through this media. I don't know that much about it. I rely wholly on you, but time and study and incidents, meeting people and confronting this situation and that situation has proven that my concept of Faithfulness is accurate. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I live. Uh, it's because of incidents. And I don't realize how many people I have affected yeah. by just being around, by talking. And so I know it works. I want to recommend it to everybody, every listening ear on this podcast, to pay attention. If you don't fully believe Continue to study. I had no idea I'd live this long. But God has put me here for a purpose, Sheree. Yep. I'm convinced of that. And one of the others is to just spread the good news. Just tell everybody. And hopefully that they will believe in this. Because as I have had the fortunate of being in 14, 16 different countries, telling people the same thing I'm telling you. I've heard back from persons in prison. So he has us here to spread this word. Yeah. He can't be everywhere. He can't be with each one of us on an individual. Yet he is basis per se, as we know individuality. I've grown, and I'm going to keep growing until I'm in his arms. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, he's with us, but I think sometimes people, the, people need us to bring that image of him out. I don't know if that, if I'm explaining this very well. But, reinforcement, yes, reinforcement. Yeah, but the, the pastor at, at the church that I attend, he was he was saying something about how people always say, I'm going to lead this person to Christ or I'm going to lead them to, to Christ. But it's not supposed to be about us leading them to Christ. It's about us bringing Christ to them because Christ is within us. And so even though Christ is there with them, they don't necessarily know it. We have to make that make his presence known. We have to announce him. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, I sat through so many revivals and everything else and you led somebody to Christ then what do you do? What then? You got to give it and implant in person's minds how to deal with it this on an eternal basis how to get really get it into you and so I think this is one method that you're using here will cause some people to think, will cause some people to go read those verses that you gave us. And, you know, God will enter your life. He comes in and he tells you that he is there, he's present. And it will cause you to become hungry for knowledge, as I know I am, and I believe you are too, Shree. Yeah. But as the individual you who are, you have to know it for yourself. Not for me, for anybody else, but for your own self. Just keep on, keep on listening 
to the Lord. We'll tell you what to do. And tell each person in this listening audience what to do. Just ask him. Absolutely. One of the um, other things that I wanted to talk about concerning faith is the difference between how faith kind of manifested itself in the New Testament and what we see today. So one of my favorite verses is Matthew 17, verse 20. And it basically says that if we had faith the size of a mustard seed, that we could move a mountain. Amen. And throughout the Bible, we see God's people doing miraculous things. I mean, I know we talk a lot about Jesus doing miracles, but his people did miracles, whether it was Moses or Elijah, the disciples. You know, we we talk about like, okay, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Yes, but but Paul, Elijah, Elisha, and Peter all also raised people from the dead. Peter walked How did on they water. Get that power? Right. Um and it's it's one of those things where you know, I'm I'm pretty sure healing is a gift of the spirit. Um you know, we have fruit of the spirit, but then we have gifts from the spirit. Maybe I'll do another podcast episode on the difference between those um, so that yeah, we, we don't get them confused. Them. But, um, and even show how they're related. Yeah, but there's definitely, in, the Old Test- in, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see that people who have faith act as the hand of God, basically. Like, God gives them the power to do things. And they're able to do it. But, you know, I don't necessarily see the current church manifesting these same abilities. And I often wonder, is it because we don't stress our faith enough? We, you know, we kind of, you know, get comfortable in attending a service once a week and, you know okay, I say, I say my prayers or whatever, but we don't necessarily focus on the, the full extent of believing, the, of faith. Is that why we don't have these same abilities? Uh, somewhere down the line, we have lost some of the old-timey thoughts about stickability or staying with something we get too easily distracted by so many different things in the world until we don't stay focused on many of the things that we should be focused on. And I find it in our churches, yes, very definitely. Churches are being run by the audiences or the people who pay the big money and instead of really ministers who are out there, God wasn't paid any money. And he told the world, and he, he empowered these other people to do the things he did, uh, like raising the dead and that kind of thing. It's all coming from God, and even our God and Savior does not have arms and legs here on this earth, so to whom does he look to to carry these kind of things? He's, look, he's looking at you, 
through her podcast. And we don't hit but one or two points this afternoon. We have made an effort toward righteousness and toward godliness and holiness and faithfulness. So let it be. Let it be. Yeah. Yeah, the, the last point that I think that I had was kind of tying all of this together is that the hardest part I think about having faith is our desire to have control. Um, I remember when I was in high school and I was learning to drive, um, the instructor was teaching us about the, the auto control or whatever it's called, where you just, the cruise control, where you just see you guys know I don't use this already. You just set, you know, the speed and you just like let it go. And the car basically maintains the speed. And driving with cruise control on is the weirdest thing to me. It feels unsafe. I don't like it. But that's because I'm not in control. I feel like I'm not in control of the car. And I feel like that is our fundamental challenge with experiencing true faith is that in order to have faith, it means that we're handing over the controls to God and we're not really controlling the situation. We're allowing him to control the situation. And that's kind of a terrifying thought and experience for each of us. Sheree, I've heard the expression, let go, let God. Yes. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what background of it is, but the point is I have been in situations where I've just been completely lost. I was lost and then you found me, God, and you showed me the way. A man at the post office the other day said he didn't know why his car wouldn't crank, but he was going to go home and pray and God would tell him what to do. He really believed that. Mm -hmm. I saw him a day afterwards and he said he found out what it was. Do we have that much control over ourselves or will we let ourselves go to that, that extent? I don't know what to do, Lord. You tell me what to do. And before long you get an answer. These are the tests that I've come through during my life to make my faith so concrete, to make my faith so strong and so much that uh, it would, I, I don't think anything, and I don't want to keep testing, but I don't think there's anything like to turn me around, Lord. I don't think anything. I believe I'm your course. I belong to you. You've got to do enough experiences and exposures to be able to come up and say that within your own heart and sincerely mean it. May God bless all of you.